The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome or welcome back. Only True Democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. Our guest in this first half of the hour is Julian Zelizer, regular on this program, a good friend of the program, a friend of mine as well. He's a political historian at Princeton University and a New America Foundation fellow. He has published over 500 op-eds, including his weekly column on CNN.com. He's received fellowships from the Brookings Institution, the Guggenheim Foundation, the Russell Sage Foundation. His most recent book is The Fierce Urgency of Now, Lyndon Johnson, Congress, and the Battle for the Great Society. A piece that was written for The Nation magazine by Julian, it's a great piece, go to thenation.com to read it, is The Era of Small Government Over is the title, Julian Zelizer will tell us. Julian, good afternoon, welcome, thanks for being with us this first half of the second hour. Thanks for having me. You start this, for decades Democrats have been running away from their own shadow. In an election 2016, they're finally embracing who they really are. First of all, talk to us about the idea that Democrats have been running away from our own shadow. Um, why, what makes you have that opinion? Uh, because I think a lot of Democrats are sitting out there nodding their heads as they listen. Well, I think, you know, there are many Democrats, including most of the presidential candidates, who since the 1970s have believed that the only way to win was to embrace the center, uh, to concede to conservatives on a lot of key issues, uh, and not to run as a liberal. The L word is what uh, many Democrats felt uh, they had to avoid. And so Carter, Clinton, uh, and even to some extent President Obama, at least since he's been president, have often been shy about the party's ideas, about their core principles. And I think that's changing. I mean, I do think Obama changed the conversation a bit, the way he ran in 2008. Uh, and I think this primary, you know, Sanders has put liberalism at the front of the debate, and Hillary Clinton and Sanders are arguing who's more progressive, who's more liberal, which is not something we've heard for a while. So when you say, you know, finally getting to know uh, who we are, is it that, you know, the Democrats really aren't all the same? And, and I mean, Bernie and Hillary are very similar in some ways. But then in, in other ways, I guess in democratic socialist ways, there are some people that are just to the right of that in Democratic Party and some people that are right on and, and, and you know, lockstep with Bernie on that. Yeah, I mean, there are important differences. Uh, and certainly there's a divide, I would say, between uh, a group of centrists in the party and the liberal uh, wing of the party, or as Howard Dean called it, the democratic wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, but, you know, this is a debate. This is what I wrote about that's been going on for a long time. Ted Kennedy in 1980 warned Jimmy Carter, he warned the Democratic Party not to abandon its principles and not simply to say we're going to be, you know, Republicans white, because ultimately that would not work. Um, And so I think that's part of the debate that we're seeing right now. 
uh, no question about this. Um, do you think that the Democrats have a renewed pride in who they are? And, and that's why we're seeing so many new voters caucusing and primaries, as we've seen thus far in Iowa and in New Hampshire, and as uh, some people are predicting in, in Nevada and even South Carolina. Yeah, I do think there's something to that. Uh, and, you know, two things are happening. One is, again, even though President Obama has often sought this elusive center and uh, often tried to court Republicans, he also was pretty liberal. In 2008, he supported, you know, government as a good, as a virtue. In his first few years, he was able to push through Congress all kinds of major legislation. And so I think that bolstered uh, some Democrats in believing that this could be a winning issue. He was reelected in 2012. And I think, you know, as Republicans have moved farther and farther to the right, uh, it's led some Democrats to say, you know, we can't try to just be like Republicans but not quite as extreme. We have to be Democrats. And so I think those two factors have combined to make Democrats prouder, as you say, uh, in, in this election cycle. Um. You talk about one of the most powerful moments for Senator Bernie Sanders in the last debate is when he talked about leaders he admired. Of course, he, you know, attacked Hillary for Henry Kissinger. Uh, But he said, quote, what FDR did is redefine the role of government. We are a nation which if we come together, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. And kind of that's what I see our campaign is about right now. Even if Bernie Sanders doesn't get the nomination, you know, people have to, I'm, a, I'm pro-Hillary, but I, I love Senator Sanders. And I think what he's doing with this grassroots effort, getting young people out to vote and, and getting people to see outside the box. I don't want to say outside the establishment because clearly Senator Sanders has been a part of the establishment for most of his life. Um, but, um, he, you know, new, you know, getting away from Wall Street, getting away from corporate b- greed and saying, look, I'm not a politician who's going to be bought by anyone other than you and your votes and, you know, your $3 here and there. Um, so, I mean, people definitely have to give him that, um, you know, and, and in that way, perhaps he is redefining the role of government. Would you agree? But in other ways, since you're the historian here, Julian, he definitely differs from FDR. Yeah, I think, look, uh, uh, part of what he's doing, regardless of he wins or loses, is to excite a new generation of Democrats, of younger Americans, about both the political process and what it means to be a Democrat. Uh during that debate, it was not a surprise to me that his hero wasn't uh, a socialist like Norman Thomas. It was FDR, because if you listen to his speeches, he is a, a New Deal liberal. Uh, he believes in the New Deal. He believes in the great society. And his basic argument is that government is good and that Wall Street has to be curbed. And uh, there are differences with who he is and who FDR was. He's more concerned, for example, about campaign finance and making sure that the election process is cleaner than FDR really cared about, and he's much more progressive on race um, than FDR was. But ultimately, I think win or lose, uh, he has injected these ideas into Democratic politics, and he's showing Hillary Clinton you can be a liberal, uh, and, and that could help you not be a hindrance. So I think he's already had a huge impact on the party. So basically, when we look back, to Democrats and, you know, how they nodded their heads with former Presidents Carter and Clinton, thinking that to be a liberal, and like you said, it became a dirty word. I I mean, I was, you know, we became progressive talk show hosts overnight. And for most of my adult life as a talk show host, I was a liberal. Um, And that in order to survive as liberals, especially during the Reagan years, 
was to concede on key principles and shift sharply to the center. Is that, in a sense, what Hillary has been doing? And is that one of the reasons, perhaps, that hurts her among the youth? Because people do view her as moving to the right. Um, They they viewed her as doing that when she ran for president last time around and, and even when she ran for the Senate. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, unfairly, she's often connected to her husband's record. And her husband clearly believed in that kind of politics. He was one of the architects of the Democratic Leadership Council. He often infuriated uh, mainstream liberal Democrats when he signed on to uh, ending welfare, when he signed on to DOMA uh, or his free trade agreements. Uh, And sometimes I think we talk about Hillary Clinton as if she should be uh, connected to the record of her administration, uh, of her husband's administration. Um, she has moved to the center uh, sometimes, although I think the record isn't as clear. And I think part of what we don't know and part of what has hurt her is this question, where does she stand uh, on these kinds of issues? And I think what Sanders is doing is saying, you know, it's, it's okay to embrace this progressive tradition rather than to run away from it. You know, a lot of people feel, especially Republicans, that Democrats want bigger government and that, you know, all, all, all the people, a lot of these young voters have their hand out. They want free college. They want, you know, free health care. They want everything free. And some people say, well, somebody's, you know, got to pay for it. Um, the announcement that Bill Clinton made in 1996 at his State of the Union address, quote, the era of big government is over, clearly is not, especially when we see the momentum uh, for Senator Sanders, and who, in, se- in a sense, wants the government to pay for more, not less than what they do already. Now, government ha- has never been gone. It- it's continued to increase even during the age of Reagan. Uh, government does all sorts of things, uh, from helping maintain the infrastructure of the country to paying for defense, uh, two different kinds of social safety net uh, programs. Usually the aim of government on domestic policy has actually been to help people become self-sufficient, to give them tools to enter the market, uh, rather than some kind of handout, as, as the critics say. So, uh, you know, I think what Sanders says and, and what Hillary Clinton has been saying more of is the government has a big role in our society. And uh, to talk about it not being part of what we do is simply kind of an illusion, uh, and it's a myth about what the options actually are. Do you think that the fighting, because we, you know, saw a very kumbaya-esque beginning between Senator Sanders and former Secretary Clinton, and the fight, I think, maybe with the desperation, her not being the apparent nominee as much, uh, numbers-wise, when you look at what happened in Iowa, when you look at how much he beat her in New Hampshire, and obviously looking at the one poll that's been done this year in Nevada where they show them neck and neck. And then Bernie Sanders maybe at first just going out there and making a statement and not realizing how well he would do. I don't know. Um, but do you think this is the fight between the old and the new, the past and the future of, de- of Democrats? Well, they're both really from the past. I mean, that's the most interesting part of this. They're both of an older generation. They've both been around uh, for so long. Uh, but I think they're just going over a debate that the Democratic Party keeps having. Uh, I think what's good about this moment is that both parts of the Democratic coalition have a voice in the primary, and the best effect for the Democrats would be that by having that, you excite more voters, you bring more people into the process, and you have a more robust discussion 
about what public policy uh, should be. I'm not sure the Democrats will either go one way or another if they'll ever do that. Uh, but if the future includes more ideas and uh, more policy proposals that include liberal ideals, uh, you could argue the party will be in much better shape. Um, okay, Julian, thank you very much for being with us. We have like 30 seconds, so I'm not going to have time. But I want everybody to read your piece, uh, not just this one for the nation, but also at CNN.com. Julian can be followed on Twitter at Julian Zelizer, J-U-L-I-A-N-Z-E-L-I-Z-E-R. The website is JulianZelizer.com. Also go to CNN.com for his weekly blog columns. His book, Get It, The Fierce Urgency of Now, Lyndon Johnson, Congress, and the Battle for the Great Society. And also go to TheNation.com to read his piece that we were just discussing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have another guest joining us, but you are always welcome to call with your questions or your opinions, agree or disagree with the guest or I have to say. Oh my God. That's right. Never mind. We're not done with Julian. Good. Good. I have like five more questions. We'll be back. Leslie Marshall, straight and on point. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Julian, I said at the bottom of the hour, I need to go do this in the commercial break. And so, therefore, I made it at the bottom of the hour in my mind. I apologize for that. Um, I, I, I want to hear more from you, and I know uh, our listeners do as well. So, sorry to try and cut you short there, buddy. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad you're not running for president. I wouldn't get a favor, would I? Um, <laughs> uh, Julian, speaking of, one of the things that you mentioned in your article is, you know, she got trashed for, you know, well, I'm, I'm expanding beyond what you said, but she got trashed for, trash for Kissinger. But to Bernie's point about FDR, Hillary hasn't been definitive enough with where she stands regarding democracy and a new government. I mean, people may say he's a socialist. He's defined not just what a socialist is, but how he defines himself as a democratic socialist. And even though those on the right may laugh at him or mock him for that, that has helped him uh, because he's defined himself. Has Hillary and is Hillary needing to define where she stands as a Democrat truly, um, you know, and not just saying, oh, the difference between a progressive and a socialist, a democratic socialist is dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it benefits her to go after Bernie Sanders the way a Republican might, you know, say he's a socialist and try to destroy uh, what people think of him. Uh, Ultimately, I don't think that helps her. I think the concern a lot of voters have with her is they don't know who she is. And so there are these questions. Is she like her husband? Is she actually more liberal? Uh, Where does she stand on the key issues uh, involving race and gender. Uh, and I think the more she focuses on him, the more she continues with this problem, because we don't actually know what she's about. Uh, so I think her best strategy is really to offer more and more ideas, uh, more coherence to her worldview, 
and actually mimic uh, a lot of what Bernie Sanders has been able to do, not in terms of the specifics, but in terms of the approach. You know, voters want to vote for something. They want to vote for a person uh, who they have some sense what they're about. And uh, I don't think her personality and character are going to be enough to carry her. And so I think she needs to do more of that, especially for the general election. And uh, with regard to the party, and we look historically, and you say this is not the first time this infighting or split and, you know, searching for one's identity has happened with the Democrats. Historically, who wins? Because you say they're both old, but, you know, the idea of more government, you know, or, or the idea of moving more to the left and being, you know, truly left of the liberal that you are, or the idea of moving to the center so that you can play nice and with others get more accomplished and, and maybe in a general election get some of those people who are unhappy with the other side to vote for you? Well, for a while it was uh, the kind of more centrist approach that won. We, we don't know exactly what the alternative would have looked like. I mean, Carter wins the nomination against Kennedy in 1980, although he then loses to Ronald Reagan. Uh, Clinton's, uh, actually, Clinton actually runs in 92, much more progressive, and then he kind of turns to the center. Um, so uh, in 96, he runs more as a centrist. So I, I don't think it's clear kind of who wins or who loses, although we had a while when the preference was the center. Obama in 2008 ran on a pretty liberal campaign, and that's part of how he defeated Hillary Clinton, and he won. Um, and it's important to remember in polls again and again when asked about programs like the minimum wage or Social Security or Medicaid, the public favors these things. So. Um, I think it's clear that there's a lot of space uh, to run with liberal values and win. Uh, tell folks uh, what you are pitching, because we have less than a minute right now. Your CNN column, you're writing for the nation, you've got your uh, latest book out. Do you have another book in the works, speaking engagements? What else you got coming up, Julian? I have lots of stuff. Most important, the fierce urgency of now. My Lyndon Johnson book is out in paperback with Penguin Press. You can get it on Amazon. And I think it says a lot about some of these issues we've been debating. Definitely. Thank you for being with us, buddy. Now you can really go. It is truly the bottom of the hour. We will talk again soon. And uh, he is doing lots of stuff. I'm so proud of him. And, uh, you know, we get to see him rise like he's my son or something, right? Uh, anyway, I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have another great guest, another great topic. And, of course, you want to hear from you as well. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. And we'll be back to talk with you or share your tweets 